Hey, this is Cindy Vargas, and here's my story I'm sharing on the TREP Live podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at SidV. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, and progress over perfection. As we all answer the essential question, who am I? Maybe this response will benefit your mindset. I am a leader. Are you? I'm a supporter of positive change in my generation, and I consistently provide value to myself and others. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Hey, this is Christina Trong, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram named Tina.BabyCakes. I hope my experiences inspire you and remember dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an empath, master of empathy. I am the living embodiment of empowerment. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Trap Life. I am your gracious host, Pete Perkins Heard, and we are honored today to be with Tina. Hi, thank you. Tina, I'm horrible at last names, so can you pronounce your last name for the audience, your whole name, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, My name is Tina Trong, and I am a licensed esthetician and also an empath. An empath. Okay. And you're also an entrepreneur, correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, I, so the reason for the audience, the reason why I really wanted to have Tina on the show is because um, she's an empath and she's probably has one of the most, um, I would say intense uh, empath stories. I, I consider myself an empath as well, um, but what she's had to be through, what she kind of endures and her pathway um, around empathy is really just amazing. Um, and I wanted her to share her story and her journey with us today. And um, she's she's the a great embodiment of all of our core themes here on Trap Life. You're an entrepreneur, you're an and, you know, you definitely believe in empowerment and are practicing empowerment in your everyday life. So um, kind of just take us through what, can you define what an empath is for us for some of the people that don't know? Um, and then kind of take us through your, um, you know, how you discovered you were an empath and how it, um, how it projects and presents in your life okay um well thank you for your description of me that was great um for me being an empath is somebody who is sensitive to other people's um auras or emotions um I found out at a very young age yeah I really did not know that I was an empath until actually just a couple years ago And I've been embracing it more lately, but, you know, I was, I've known since I was a very young age as a child. Um, Most of my childhood and teenage years were like, they were really tough. Um, I had crazy emotions and I had no idea how to control them. 
Um, I used to also have like nightmares every single night. And I really think that it was because um, I grew up in an apartment and everyone around me um, had a huge effect on me, myself, and also when I'm dreaming. Um, because of this, I also became the black sheep of the family um, because my family members didn't really understand uh, what being an empath was. I used to always cry all the time and I had no idea. I was just so exhausted. Um, my family always just like questioned whether or not it was normal. Um, but now as an adult, I realized that I always felt that way because I couldn't control other people's emotions and it caused havoc just on myself. And as a child and young adult, my mother was the opposite of me. Uh, she always tried to teach me how to be tough, but I had no idea how. She told me crying was not okay and that I needed to have thicker skin. And we bumped heads for a long time because her love language was different than mine. I remember every night I had nightmares, more than one throughout the night, actually. And even today, I have a big dream catcher tattoo for the memories of these vivid dreams that I had as a child. You know, it was really strange, and I strongly believe it is because um, absorbing energies all around me caused that as well. Um, and as I grew older, you know, middle school and high school wasn't that great because these are changing times for kids. And it was really hard to even sit in a class knowing all around me that I just felt pressure from everyone. And I felt like I needed to help everyone, but I couldn't even help myself at the same time. So it was a lot of, it was really hard for, for my childhood until I became older. But now that I have a better understanding of what it is, I have a better way of coping with this, you know, really this gift that I have. And, and so what was the process like of identifying it as a gift? Um, I think it took a lot for me to learn how to love myself. Um, a lot of the times, like being able to love yourself, you have to learn to self-care and put yourself first. Being an empath, when you're absorbing everyone else's energies, you're letting them overrule how you feel inside. And when you're letting them overrule how you feel inside, you can't control yourself. And, you know, helping yourself and putting yourself first in your own perspective makes it a little bit easier, but still difficult. You know, you just have to make sure that all of those other energies when you're having a bad day to tell yourself that you don't feel this way because of yourself. You're feeling this way because everyone else around you is feeling that way. And if you can block yourself out of it, you can then focus on your own emotions. So like we all want to be or most of us right if you're you consider yourself somewhat of a you know productive kind-hearted human being you want to show empathy correctly or at the appropriate times right right but as an empath it's difficult because it's always on you don't always get a choice on when to exercise it right so how is you just feeling everything? Um, how are you able to actually show empathy rather than just 
already having the gift of being an empath? Um, for me, I tend to, when I meet somebody, it's really easy for me to um, bring calmness to other people only because I don't treat people the way that I wouldn't be treated, but at the same time, having open arms to everyone I meet. Sometimes when I meet somebody new, they kind of feel like they've known me their whole life, but it's because of being intuitive and knowing how these people feel and also the emotions that they give off to me, I'm able to have a common ground emotionally with this person which can also help them in ways that you wouldn't even think of. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything, just your body language and also connecting them through their emotions without speaking. Just, you know, it really, really changes people's perspective of you. And instead of feeling like they should build a wall up around me, it's really easy for people to just be able to relax and not feel um, so tight and tense around me. And sometimes being an empath and being intuitive on that, it's really easy to speak to others and have them open up to you without really telling you anything. You know, it's all about how you take that emotion. Either you can shun them if it's a negative emotion, or you can try to help them without really even telling them how to feel. Just being there for them and just having them feel at ease when they're around you is more than enough. I definitely think that's true. And I, I love what you, how you just shared that because I, I think... Like, uh, for me, sometimes I struggle with finding the right words at the right time, right? Me too. And, and so it, there's something important about just being present with someone. Exactly. And as an empath, and as an empath who's actively showing empathy, um, because I think that is an important distinction uh, for, you know, for those who don't know, um, I, I think just being present with people and just kind of being there for them will serve its purpose. You will be able to put people at ease and, you know, kind of just flip the emotions and be a mirror, just kind of being there with them. Right. Um, but like, yeah, a lot of what you said, I resonated with, um, especially like with your dream catcher tattoo. Like I had horrible nightmares as a kid. Um, and just night terrors, really. And I, I don't know where all of that stemmed from because I actually, um, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I we, we were in an apartment until I was like three or four. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, then we moved to a house. And so I didn't have those an assortment of influences like you did. I don't I don't even know how you coped with that you know, just, and, and your, your sense and your intuition, um, your level of empathy is really strong. You know, I think from just researching uh, empaths, you're like the, like, I don't know, Anakin Skywalker of <laughs> empaths. <laughs> like you're the chosen one. Your, your empath skills are off the charts. So it's definitely a gift, but I can understand how stressful 
it is trying to control it, especially when you you don't know what it is. Because, you know, being an empath or being anything, um, are you in a numerology at all? Um, no, not necessarily. Not okay, but like just we'll we'll just stay with empaths okay so with empaths like no one teaches you about people will teach you about empathy but they're not going to teach you about what it means to be an empath right and why you're feeling that way why your experiences are the way they are right a lot of times people say that it's a negative thing and that you are too sensitive and that you're easily manipulated you know, just a lot of negative stigma comes with being an empath when people don't really understand. And even after you tell people you're an empath, they still don't understand. They kind of laugh at you and think that um, it's nonsense. But there's a lot of skeptics out there. And there's a lot of people who are the opposite of empaths and have no idea what it's like to be passionate or intuitive or have compassion for others. And so how, like, for me, sometimes I, I can kind of sense how people feel about me and sense the energy, like, I get the sense, like, sometimes I walk in the room and I can tell when maybe someone was just having a conversation about me, you know, Mm -hmm. or when that the energy being directed towards me, it's, um, it's not always favorable. It's not always positive. And and sometimes I, I feel the conflict. I feel that like, oh, you know, maybe three people over here, positive energy towards me, a couple of people over here, maybe not so much like, right. And then, you know, it's kind of all mixed in scattered. And sometimes I internalize that, like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of feeling that, that they're feeling this way about me. Should I feel, you know, and then I'm like, okay, I have to like be very mindful about not allowing that to affect me. Right. Um, and it, it's, I, for me, it's, it, it's still a struggle. Of course. It, it's not like, I don't feel like I necessarily am at the point where, you know, I have it completely under control. Right. Do you feel like that point exists or do you just feel like it's always just going to be something that not necessarily that we want to control, but something that we have to be mindful of? I personally think that no matter what room you walk into there and there's um, a group of people, there's bound to be people who don't like you just based on the fact that they don't want to like you. Right. And for me, Um, I have, I've always grew up with really bad social anxiety, which is the same, you know, during high school, when I would walk down a hallway, and there's like kids out there, I would hold my breath, and my body would like tense up, and I, I would try not to breathe, because I can feel that like, maybe my presence shouldn't be here. But over time, I had to learn that there will be people who won't like you. Like, I'm one of those people where I'm just super energetic and I'm just really out there because I believe that if I'm crazy, as they as so they say, that more people will be 
likely to be more of themselves and not feel like they have to be boxed up into what everyone thinks is the right way and which is anyways the right way as long as you're happy right well there's people out there who you don't fit into their box whether it be what you look like how you talk what your voice sounds like what your laugh is like and at the end of the day you kind of have to think to yourself that you know they may not like me but I like myself and sometimes you just kind of have to brush it off and if, if it really starts to bother you, like if they do things like give you snarky remarks or they do certain things like roll their eyes at you when you say something or roll their eyes to the world if you say something else. I usually find form of communication really important. Um, when I was in school, beauty school, um, there was only eight other people in my class. And so there was nine total with me and we we're all pretty close, but about 50% of my class didn't like me. And the other 50 did really like me and vibes with me. And there were a few days, this was like where I really learned how to get over that hump that you're, that you're talking about. And there were specifically, there was one girl who came in who had negative energies all the time. She didn't like me because you can feel there was a huge envy that came from her because I was just happy. There was nothing else about me. I never said anything wrong to her. She just did not like me because I was happy, because I took care of myself, because I tried to be a positive role. And she just was miserable. And she just wanted me to feel that way. And, you know, you keep brushing things off and you let things go and you let them be rude to you and say things under their breath about you. And at one point I had enough, you know, I couldn't come to school every single day upset and like throwing up in the bathroom because her aura was so bad for me that one day I stood up for myself and I told her, I said, I don't know what you have against me, but, you know, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. Like, I'm just here to go to school. And, you know, whatever you said that day, like, really hurt me. And I think just, like, confronting certain people, I don't think that they realize the auras that they're giving off because we're all in our heads when we are in certain situations. And sometimes, you know, when we don't think that we're coming off a certain way, we do. And I think that for her, she was really in her head about not liking me, that I just really had to tell her. And for the last few weeks of school, we were fine. Everything was done. You know, communication can take you really far. But if it's like people that you don't think that you're going to see for a long time, or if it's people that you're only seeing once and you're nervous to come in here, don't ever stress over about that and don't ever overthink about whether or not they don't like you because because as long as you like yourself and you feel strongly about who you are whatever they feel it's just to themselves and it's not your fault that you have to also take on their emotions you know you just have to go home and just like cleanse yourself and feel and you'll feel way better like, what's your process for healing or cleansing? Um, one of my biggest things, and I and I talk about this a lot, actually, 
Um, my favorite is to take a bath, um, really like have the ambiance in there as calming as you can. Like I bring plants in there. I bring an oil diffuser. I have a bath bomb. I bring things that I like, like I'll bring a book, um, and candles and really make the ambiance in there my own. However, I like it. What makes me feel comfortable. And then after I take a nice long bath and I kind of just, I sit there and I think about the things that I'm really grateful for, the things that I have and the things that I want to attain um, as in like goals. And then I also, at the end, I think about things that have hurt me in the past since, since my last bath. I think about um, words that have hurt me. I think about people who really hurt me. And I think about things that maybe I could have worked on. Like, you know, if I'm out of routine for a few days, because I've been so busy, I'll think about that and how I'm going to get myself back. And then after my bath, um, I'll put on my shower. And then as I'm rinsing off the bath water, and cleansing myself I'm also during that cleansing I'm thinking about cleansing all the bad and negative energies that I've had during that week or anything that was hurt and I'm thinking about it just going down the drain and that the water that's hitting me is washing all of it away and once I leave this it's a new start and I usually do it at the end of the night so I can have a cup of tea after and then I'll go to bed and the next day I'll feel refreshed that's like one of my biggest ones. <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have a routine like that. Um, I should probably try to create one. I think also, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a bath. Maybe mm -hmm. like one, um, one of the things that went viral that I really took, um, to heart was there is a military man and he said that he became successful because he woke up and made his bed every single day and that was one of the things that I started with that really helps me out a lot is just getting yourself into the routine of feeling better you know when you wake up just the first thing you do is not lay in bed and look on social media and just make your bed and start your day. And I think that's like one of the things that also helped me when I first started trying to do something to help myself. That's interesting. That's very, um, so we, we kind of talked about this, you touched on it. Um, and I can relate to this point as well about being the black sheep of the family, right? I, I feel the same way. I'm definitely the black sheep of my family, both sides of my family. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's almost like, how, how do you heal those relationships? I so now that you know, right, what's going <laughs> on with you, you can better relate to them and kind of see where, because you're, you're coming from the perspective of they don't really understand, right? Right. Um, the thing with family is you can't choose who you're related to, right? The thing nope. is a lot of times with family, 
they don't care about you and they don't care about how you feel. And even if you explain to them many times, um, they just won't understand because everyone has a certain perspective of you, right? When you first meet somebody or if you see somebody like in your office, you see like Joe over there, instantly your mind creates this perception of them. And no matter what, it's really hard to change your perception of somebody. It's the same thing when you see an actor do really, really good in like a movie, and then you see them play a different role in a different movie. You just can't seem to get that perception you have of that person out of your mind. Right. You're like, oh, that's Professor Snape. You know, like you, you'll they, always. Yeah, they call that, that typecasting. Yes. So yeah. it's the same thing with anybody that you meet as well. Sometimes, like in situations like with my family, they have always thought I was just some crybaby and they thought I was emotional and at the end of the day like I can't change their perspective if they're not willing to change that you know and sometimes it's easier to cut ties with somebody rather than force them to see who you really are as a person because they will always find negative attributes about you that may not be true, that may be just what they assume it is, and you can never force them to change the perception of you. So for me, I have a very small circle. Like my circle just includes me, my dad, and my boyfriend, and maybe several friends I have. But those ties that I have with those family members who have hurt me in the past, I don't plan on trying to retie those knots because I know that they're not going to put forth effort like I would put forth and sometimes in that sense you're better off not forcing something upon somebody else to make yourself feel better and the only sense of release you can get is just to cut that off you know otherwise you're just going to think about it for the rest of your life and you're just gonna make yourself sad thinking about the fact that you know my family members don't really like me. Well, they don't really like you to begin with. Otherwise, they would have tried, you know? I don't know. It may be a different, it may be different for everyone. And there might be people out there who do reconnect with their family. But I like to keep my circle small. And I like to be around people who love to be around me, not people who feel like they have to be around me. Or they're tolerating you, exactly. Yes, and and if you can't, like, and tolerating is, already telling me that I'm not a good person to you so there's no there's no point in any of that you know I would much rather be alone in this world and happy with who I am than force other people to like me for that because already being an empath I already feel like I need everybody to like me you know I already feel like I need them to like me for me to not think about it for a week straight or you know when we think about things that we say we think about it for a long time and I just don't want to put that stress on myself because I've already been through it you know it it gets to the point where it's not functional right you have non-functional relationships with people exactly yeah definitely I'm I'm trying to navigate some of that in my life right now. Where it's just like I keep working at this, and in some in some scenarios, I even see people, you know, my family members, where I'm like, oh, they're they're trying, I guess, but ultimately, uh, it's still not that, you know, right? It, we're, we're still not making progress. So right, 
And sometimes you just got to call it a day and just say, all right, now I need to focus on myself again, because this obviously is not working out for us. And it's kind of like a breakup. But at the same time, you know, people hold on to things that they they want to out of comfort, or they feel like it's the right way to do something, because otherwise you're in the wrong. But no matter what you do in life, it's your choice. And it's your decision. And the only person that's reaping the consequences is yourself. You know, definitely. You know, wise words. Thank you for that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> we're, you know, we're helping each other out on our journeys. That's what this whole podcast is about. So, absolutely. Like I said, people, she's a triple threat for the podcast, and we are very uh, grateful and excited to have her on here. You're definitely loved on this podcast already. Thank you, know, you so, so much. Not not a point of you know just tolerating you i i i'll say this again i needed to have you on this platform as a guest i i just knew that you would be perfect and um i'm gonna we'll continue the conversation and kind of dive into uh entrepreneurship awesome in that aspect of you okay so do you feel like um your gift of being an empath has helped you in business at all and if so how so I personally absolutely think so um for me I work a lot with customers and clientele um so a lot of that really involves reading people and understanding um what they would like and how they would like certain things um for a really long time I was a personal shopper And me, you know, when I meet somebody, I instantly know what they're gravitating towards. And I ask a lot of questions and I really get to know people before I pick an outfit for them. Or now as like an esthetician, um, me and trying to open my own business, it's really important to have skill sets, which is of course, number one. But I think the only way that you can keep your clientele coming back to you is if you know what they want and you listen to their needs, but you also involve your education that you learned to help them have better better skin. For anyone who doesn't know, um, I'm a licensed esthetician, which means that I am fully informed on how the skin works. Um, I work with facials, with um, deep exfoliations. So, and the reason why I do this, it's a spa service to help you better, have better skin and also have better routines at home to work on your skin, to have a glowing look, you know, as humans, we all want to look a certain way. We either want no acne or we want higher eyebrows or we want baby soft skin and doing nothing really doesn't help you in the long run and I'm here to help you on a journey where we can get you to having that glowing skin that you want and a lot of people want that you know for me understanding what my clients needs are and what they're trying to attain and what their goals are for their skin I can help them 
But a lot of times there's estheticians out there who are only doing it for money, like lash extensions or microblading. And they learn everything from YouTube and they're doing everything in a certain route where it's just no matter what you do, if you're not passionate about what you do, you're not going to make it very far. And, and at the end of the day, like being an empath really helps me on that because I'm able to really learn my clientele and learn what their needs are instead of putting my need for money first. And I think a lot of people who get services really can tell and they can see that in whoever's doing their services. And for me, that really helps me with building clientele, just listening, talking and understanding and also putting them first before myself. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so I'm going to, like, kind of relate this back to me personally Mm -hmm. for a second. So um, I had, you know, I I think I had, well, I don't think I had acne in high school. You know, on and off, I would say it was moderate to mild. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was ever too severe. Um, You know, and I had chicken pox. Uh, as a kid and it left some scarring on my face right right okay and now as an adult my um my actual face is getting darker my complexion mm-hmm. and I'm I kind of really haven't I don't put much thought into it but I get a lot of feedback from other people about it and right. I went to the dermatologist. They told me, you know, it's not really, it really is, would be like a cosmetic thing. Um, in your professional opinion, do you think that's something that I could work on or and should work on? Oh, absolutely. No, okay. So what you have is hyperpigmentation. And I actually have that too. Um, Typically when I get like acne and it breaks up, I always have a scar that lasts for like a super long time. But one of my main things that helps work with it is really involving chemical peels and extreme exfoliation into my, my routine every single day. So I tend to use like I use a chemical peel wipe every other day and usually so your dermis is your real skin which you feel when you kind of get like rug burns or like something deep like an injury and your epidermis is actually called your superficial skin. It is actually, your epidermis is layers of and layers of dead skin cells. So when you're exfoliating, you're slowly getting rid of these dead skin cells that are built on top. And most of your pigmentation that you're getting is in those dead skin cells. They're just consistently rebuilding and rebuilding. And hence, that might be a reason why your skin's getting darker. So a good... a good regimen to have during your week is you want to wash your face two two times a day, morning and night, and then you also want to exfoliate two to three times a week. And exfoliating meaning like using a product that has some 
you want it to be a little abrasive you don't want anything with walnuts in it and absolutely nothing with coconut oil or olive oil even though those are moisturizing to your skin it's not as abrasive to exfoliating and then after that you want to tone and moisturize your skin um, but definitely if you exfoliate two to three times a week, you're going to really notice a huge difference. I feel like for you, you might have some tougher skin since you probably haven't been exfoliating. So- I definitely have not been exfoliating in years. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean- used to have like the Neutrogena and all that stuff. And I did, um, I, I used to do it, but I, I don't know. I think around 18, I was just kind of like, it is what it is sort of thing. So I. No, I think you can absolutely help it. Like I, I have been testing a lot of things. And also like when I was in school, you know, services like microdermabrasion would really help you out. It definitely helps lighten scars. Um, But one thing I will deter you from definitely is any bleaching lotions or any bleaching moisturizers. Those You know, a lot of people do like to use those, but I personally do not think those are a great idea to lighten any acne scars or anything like that because it's just been around forever. And just the word bleach doesn't sound really good. So definitely exfoliate and then use chemical peels or microdermabrasion or start when winter time starts. If you start on um, a regimen of microdermabrasion every four weeks with an esthetician you will see a huge difference in your skin even after the first or the second one hmm. very interesting so it's like because it, it, it there is a distinct um, discoloration between my face and the rest of my body you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably five shades lighter than my face yeah Definitely, definitely routine. But also remember, like, if you're going to go and get a microdermabrasion or a chemical peel, the one facial that you do once a month isn't going to help you. You have to make sure that you're also doing your part at home and it'll Mm. help you. You know, I think it's all about getting yourself into the routine. And I think they say that after you do something for 21 days in a row, you're more than likely to create a habit of it. Right. So I should come see you when I get serious about it. You know, I'm definitely going to, I'm investing in a portable spa bed. So absolutely. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Well, talk to us a little bit about your latest uh, business venture. So right now, um, of course, if, if you guys don't know me, I'm the type of person where I have three to four jobs at a time just because I feel like I constantly need to be on the go. Um, you have an insane work ethic. <laughs> you know, I could be making money or I could be sleeping. Um, well, when I was, I went to school, I went to beauty school. Um, I was working at Starbucks, 4.30 in the morning to 1 o'clock, have a four and a half hour rest, and I would go to school from 5.30 to 10 and have another four and a half hour rest for about a year while I was going to school. And after that, I worked two jobs, and then when I finally became an esthetician and became a waxer, which I work at the European Wax Center, um, this is now my like career, but 
I only work 32 hours at this job. They only require us six-hour days. So while I'm working there, I'm actually venturing on opening my own business and lash extensions, um, microblading, microdermabrasions, chemical peels, and I will be also like a travel esthetician and also taking um, clientele in-house until I am able to afford my own spa suite or my own spa. My long-term goal is to actually open my own my own spa with several estheticians only because I have a huge background of running businesses. Um, I've been a manager since I was 17. Um, I've always loved doing it. I've always loved running a team and running. So, and I also, my mother is a really fantastic business owner. You know, she, I, a lot of this really stems from her because I grew up watching her just, you know, be awesome in what she does and everything that she did in order for us to have a pretty a pretty nice life. And so I want to follow in her footsteps, but I want to also own my own. What type of industry is your uh, mom's business? My mom is also in the beauty industry. She actually owns her own nail salon. Okay. okay. Yes. She's always offered if I wanted to own my own nail salon, but I personally had told her that I want to do it on my own. I didn't want my business handed to me. I wanted to work hard for it and also embrace it because otherwise it wouldn't be what I what I would want it to be. Definitely. You're building something from scratch. You're making it your own. Do you ever envision maybe merging the businesses at some point? I absolutely do, you know, but I think also my mom and I, we, we butt heads a lot. You know, she's, she's really like a woman of no, it's my way or the highway. And I'm also the same way. So I think that if we kept our businesses apart, they would run a lot. Right. (laughs) So maybe when it's time for her to step down or something changes along that those lines oh no i think that woman is gonna work until she is like 75 <laughs> like <laughs> that... i don't think she's and, putting and you're probably the soon. same way so <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> it might be a while oh yeah apple does not fall far from the tree so kind of take us through how you would imagine your business looking once it's fully developed? Um, I definitely would like it to be, you know, I have two different personalities. I feel like I have like the hippie, like I love plants and I want it to look like outside everywhere. And then I have like the extra like sparkly, like, bougie side of myself where it's like everything is pink and black but right now I think that if I had my own spot it would just be like a blend of both just like super girly yet like super jungle like it doesn't make any sense to me but (laughs) you know I think that I know exactly how I would be but I would like you know at least a few spa beds and I would like lashes to be the top service 
in my spa, but also chemical peels. Chemical peels are one of the most effective facials I've ever worked with. Um, And also on myself, those were the best that I've ever done. But, you know, as as a business owner, it doesn't matter necessarily how your decor looks like or what your spa looks like. I think it's more on how happy your employees are and how how you're willing to have. For me as a manager, I always want the people that I work for and work for me have a family type of feel to it. Um, I just, yeah, I just want good auras inside my spot like the minute you work the minute you walk in you know I don't think anything else matters more than that to be honest so at what point in your career your life did you make that transition from a manager mentality to where you are now as a leader um I think I've always had leadership skills inside inside you know I think it was just about having the position and being able to translate that leadership role. You know, like I've always been the person that does whatever they want to do and does it right. You know, one of the things that I, I had a conversation with somebody not too long ago and I was wondering, I was like, wow, like there are people out there who were double my age and wasn't even a manager. And there were very distinct reasons why they were not. But at the same time, somebody told me and he said, well, you became a manager because they didn't need to tell you what to do because you did it right on your own. And that spoke volumes to me. Like that still sticks to me today because I didn't understand that, you know, I always thought that like, oh, you know, you just work hard and you become a manager and you make more money and that's it. But realistically, it just means that they're able to, you're able to run something without the need of somebody telling you what to do. You know, you already got things down pat. You're already doing it right and you're doing it good. And now you just have to make sure that everyone else is on the same level as you, you know? But there's a lot of, there's a huge difference between leaders and not leaders. And and in my management role, I've noticed that a lot of people just really need to be told what to do. So that would, that's what makes you stick out where like your manager doesn't even have to tell you what to do because they know that you're already doing the right thing. Definitely. So like taking that initiative would be how you kind of distinguish between leaders and people who maybe aren't so much on the leadership scale leadership spectrum yeah so and and just kind of seeing your mom entrepreneurship and like being a small business owner is something that you've always had in you even with the um you've always just been able to take initiative right you've always had that like spark and it's just always come naturally to you. It's part of your DNA. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something that like you can teach to people or do you think it's just something that's innate? I think it's something that's innate. Absolutely. I think that people are really afraid to follow their own rules. And because, you know, since the day we were born, there's been rules, 
you know, to tell us how to be, what to be, what to believe in, and how to act. And those who are willing to act on their own and do their own thing and not follow suit to what people think is the norm are considered crazy. But really, crazy isn't what people really think it is. It just means that you're being 100% you. You know, you're not falling into what what other people think. Like one of the things that I've noticed recently that really blew my mind was I went on vacation and I kind of crossed paths with somebody who I didn't really know in high school, but he was friends with my best friend. So we all went out to go eat together. And um, he he kind of looks at me and he says, oh, this person told me that I really needed to get this this meal or this meal. And he says, which one are you going to get? And I kind of looked at him and I said, you know, I'm going to look at the menu and see what catches my eyes and then I'll get that, you know. And then he's like, okay. And when the waitress came, she she asked us what we wanted and he he asked her and said, so should I get this one or this one, which is the two options that his friend had given him and asked the waitress to pick for him. And so at the end of the day, his meal that he's eating wasn't even something that he knew that he liked, you know, he kind of just like follows suit into what everyone else thought that he should try, you know, and it really like that was the first time I ever really came across anybody who had who never even chose an option for themselves, you know? I don't know. It was really strange to me. I really had to share that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what? That's one of the examples. We sometimes ask the question on this show, share a story um, that happened in life or something that, you know, you would share on the podcast that's, you know, the universe is telling you to share the story at this time, right? Right. And you have like probably the best story that we've had so far. So thank you for that. Yeah. Most of the time when I ask that question, I, I'm just like, people are like, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, don't worry about it then. It's cool. Right. It was just like really crazy because, you know, being a very observant individual, you just kind of notice things in others that you don't normally do. But like, this was really something that kind of, stood out to me that also kind of made me be like I'm glad that I'm not like that you know whoever he he may like who he is which is great you know but that's just not how I am as a person you know definitely because I, I I feel like we're we all have our own um identity right but I think how we go about cultivating our identities because I feel like some people just kind of get stuck into their identities. They're not actually, they don't craft their own individuality. Right. Absolutely. I see it all the time. And, and, and I think that's kind of a loss um, for your own potential, you know, um, you're someone that kind of, uh, are you familiar with the term multi-potentialite? Yes. Do you identify as one or am I off base? Um, I would I would I would say so. Um, but I think there's a lot of anxieties that kind of hold me back. Okay. So I I keep telling myself every single day I need to 
I don't know how to say it, like, make, like, make up to my own potential, in a sense, because, like, I know I have it in me, but sometimes you kind of get, like, nervous, you know, but, yeah, what were you gonna say? Oh, no, no, I'm, <laughs> that, that was great, I, I mean, I, I've seen from our conversations, and from, um, you know, things that other people have said about you, my, you know, my own observations, you definitely strike mm-hmm. me as a multi-potentialite. Uh, that's something else we would have in common. I, I'm also a multi-potentialite. Uh, I'll send you this book to read. I, it was very helpful to me and you might find it helpful as well. But. Yeah, I love, I love books. So definitely send that to me for sure. Okay. So we're winding down here because I know you're tight on time. You're a very busy woman. And we're so, again, ecstatic to have you on the Trap Life podcast. Thank you for having me. But um, give us three books. like Three books. Three books that maybe, th- your three most influential books. Let me say it correctly for once, you know, for starters. But yeah, give us the your three most influential or maybe the three books that have had the most impact on you this year okay so this is like totally off the topic of everything but my favorite book right now is called the best recipes in the world okay um let me look up the i have it in my kitchen right now um i just think it's a really great book because you know um in life we need to save money and do certain things and also like open our horizons to certain you know things and i think this book is really great for everyone because it just kind of gives you a different perspective on cultures and also shows us how close we are with everyone like everything that we eat is just one spice different than the other which means we're all the same inside in cultures and ethnicities and everything so that is one of my favorite books uh my favorite cookbooks to read too um another book is called feed your face Um, That one is actually really good talking about skin and how you can better your skin and also the foods that you eat that can also help your skin as well. Um, That was very influential in my career as an esthetician. Um, And I recently, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm having such a brain fart because (laughs) I just read a great book. (laughs) I I have them all the time too. It's it's like the podcast phenomenon effect or something like that. I don't know. Right. Um, This book, I read a lot of books about skincare because I do want to um, talk about, you know, for me, I like to educate myself um, on my free time about the field that I'm going into. Constantly learning. It doesn't stop. Yes, and a really, really great book is called The Little Book of Skincare, um, Korean Beauty Secrets for Healthy Glowing Skin. And Koreans are like the number one people when it comes to skincare. And if you, and if anyone wants to know anything about skin and how to better it and how to work with your skin, this book was literally like 
my whole year of school inside one book. But all the secrets of how Koreans are able to look so young and lively and refreshed and glowing. So that is actually like, that's the third book that I really enjoyed. I know none of those are really like um, entrepreneurship or anything like that, but those are definitely going to be on my list. And that multi, um, what, what was Yes, yeah. multi-potentialite book that you're telling me, because I would definitely be, I would love to read that book too. Do you actually read um, entrepreneurial books? I know some entrepreneurs don't, so. I personally haven't. Okay. I would really like, um, I definitely would really like to open um, my library to that. So if you ever have anything that like you're reading that you thought was really great, definitely send it my way because I definitely can I'm... send you a little book list. Definitely. Yeah. I would much rather be in the books than all over social media because those auras on there are just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I I was talking to you. I think I added you to some empath groups. Cool. Yeah. And some of those empath groups are horrible. I actually got kicked out of one. <laughs> I I didn't even do anything. Like I posted someone, I posted a video of someone talking about empaths and then they were doing a reading on someone, I guess. And like literally all throughout the page, there's people doing readings on each other. Like, hey, can I use a reading today? I'm going through something. Hey, can I get a reading? Everyone is saying that. Literally every other uh, post is about someone giving someone a reading. And Through a computer screen? Yeah, and I, which I thought was weird, <laughs> right? I'm like, huh? Okay, whatever, you know. Uh, right. Not for That's me, a- but maybe that works for you. Okay, cool. But That is so upsetting because that is why people are such skeptics when it comes to spiritual healers. You know, and it was just these random people. It's like you just go to the group and you don't even ask someone specifically. It's just right. Tell me what you see in me. Like what? Like <laughs> it made zero sense to me. Like I'm like, this is crazy. Like, and they're all like, you're gonna have five kids tomorrow. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I see that you're looking for something. Like what? And it, yeah, it was the most vague, weird, random thing. I'm like, this is not. You know, this is not what uh, I was expecting. And so I'm like, right. I, I still want to, I talked to you about it, but like starting our own empath group and just kind of taking over that market. You know, I have, I want to design some shirts or something. So. Yeah, you know, I would definitely be down, but I'm definitely not going to do any readings. Over- oh, no, <laughs> over anyone ever. Yeah. <laughs> weird like I don't think that's my gift and I don't even think that has anything to do with being an empath period absolutely not like I've absolutely. never seen anything to support that I, I don't even know how that started on an empath group like a specific empath group I have no clue how they even started doing that <laughs> I, I can't even like imagine the scenario and how that became a thing people are just something else they really are but um, okay. Final question is: Do you have a question that you would like to ask me? Um. Yes, but you have to be honest. Okay. Do you truly love who you are today? 
I don't think I do. And let me tell you why. Because I feel like I'm comparing that person to who I know I can become. Or, and then even sometimes who I've been. Like, I feel like really just in the last three months, I've been healthy again for the first time in like a year, a year and a half, right? Right. So now that's when I was able to start the podcast, getting things going with that. And I kind of feel that I'm having a resurgence, but I still feel like I've lost a lot. Like I had a, I had a concussion and Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like I'm as sharp as I used to be. Like I just, I'm a little bit more mistake prone and I've always kind of been mistake prone, but I can make up for it because I was, you know, I'll just say it. I was great at so many other things. You know, I could just do things that most people could never do, you know, would never do. And, you know, just um, so I was able to kind of, you know, a little bit cover up, you know, some of my, you know, uh, mistakes or whatever, my errors. You know, right. I, I always kind of look at it as like a um, point guard with like assist versus turnovers or like a quarterback in terms of like touchdowns versus interceptions, you know. So I'm like, right. you know, yeah, if, if you're averaging 50 touchdowns for the season, yeah, you can throw you know, you can throw 10 picks. That's, you know, people, that's, that's, you're, you're going to be okay with that one. You know, people will give you that leeway. And, um, so, but now it's just like the mistakes are still there, but now my numbers are more like 30 and 10 or like 25 and 10. So it's a different conversation. And so I'm trying to figure out if this is the new normal for me or if I can, not just get back to where I was, but be closer to that ideal version of myself. Right. So one thing I'm going to tell you is, you know, I'm going to touch on something because I know you said it during this podcast where people tend to hold on to who they were yeah, and who they are. And one of the things that might really help you is living in the present, right? Because which I right struggle now, with, definitely. Yeah, which is right now you're like thinking about the past of who you were and you're also thinking about who you could be. And if you, but the past is the past, right? As much as we love it, we can embrace who we were back then. But like for me, one of the things that I really learned to work with is like I'm not the same person I was yesterday and I was not the same person I was one hour ago and I can't get that person back either so that is basically like something that you have to cope with and be proud that you were ever able to to throw those touchdowns you know what I mean you have to look at it as like wow that was great but no matter what we're never going to be like 15 or 16 again so your main focus would have to be on the present and also the future like when I do certain things Um, one of my coping mechanisms is, you know, paying attention to the small things in life, right? Like I'm paying attention when I drink a cup of water. I pay attention to how nice the cup is, how cold the water is. And I'm just like enjoying my time because, you know, time goes by so fast because we're not paying attention to the small details in life. And also like another thing that I really learned that was important for me was when we're trying to reach a certain goal, right? There's going to be that journey during that 
from where you started and from where you want to be. And we can, we need to keep forgetting about like where that is later on and not being like, I want to be there now. I want to be there now because the important part of it and the part where you really learn everything to be a better person and to work on yourself is during that journey not when you became that person absolutely you know? the, the grind when you're on the climb you're climbing that yes. mountain on your journey yes. that's where you learn everything that's where really everything is forged absolutely and you know where you are at right now you wanted to be there several months ago where you are with your podcast and how many episodes you've had that is what you've been wanting since like let's say four four months ago right so you need to also like um, take in the small achievements that you've had and remind yourself that you are doing good and that'll help you love yourself more on the inside because you know that you're working hard when people tell me like when people say well you're not the best performing esthetician yet and I'll be over here like well I'm working on it you know and like I went to school I achieved that and I applaud myself for that you know and then you do certain things and it makes the journey easier but then like you don't forget because if you keep just looking to the next one like right now I finished school, I I did all that stuff, I got a job in aesthetics, and now I'm taking a break for myself and not picking up extra, um, extra pro- projects to do and extra goals because I worked so hard to get here. I worked a whole year to get to where I'm at right now, and right now I'm fine. You know, I have a roof over my head, I have food in my mouth, and I have a job that pays me. So right now, I'm just gliding in life, and I'm working on myself, and then when the next part of my goals come, that is when I'm going to start hustling again. But until I start hustling, if you don't stop hustling, you're going to forget, and you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to be more depressed. You're going to be, your anxiety levels are going to be really high, and you can't be happy during that time, right? Right. So Definitely, you know, never forget to live in the moment because that is so important to mental health and just loving yourself as well. I think that, like, I wouldn't describe myself as, like, necessarily a happy person, like, a hardworking person, a self-motivated person, like, yeah, but a happy person, that's something where I've, like, I've never lived in that, you know, I've always kind of felt like I'm trying to make the most out of chaos, pretty much. Right. That was literally my whole life. And until you really file away all of the chaos and focus on just a certain things, some things are out of your control and you just have to let that chaos go and not think about it so deep. But yeah, I mean, I've, I never thought I would see the day that I was happy with who I was. And just recently, like I have a different light in myself, you know, and it really changes your perspective and, and who you are and how you see yourself, definitely. So. Well, you're truly an inspiration to me personally. And I know that you're going to touch a lot of lives when this episode is released. So I just want to say thank you again. Can I sneak one more question in or do you really have sure. to go? Okay. <laughs> Get some time. So with... um we had some friends of yours on the podcast 
Yeah. Right? So we had Miss Vargas, and yes. you're mentioning that episode. Um, you're also, the episode hasn't been released yet, um, but you're in the episode with uh, Amra. Really? Yes. Oh, and then, I love them. do you know Kendra? Uh, what's her, uh, Kendra? Booker? Mm, I I know faces better than I know names. Okay, yeah. I, th- I think you might know her on Facebook or something like that, but we did another episode with Kendra. Um, so, but just give us some words or some memories or your favorite things about Miss Vargas and Miss Nasir. So, um, those, they are my, uh, they are like a part of the light of my life. <laughs> um, these two women are so strong and like, hardworking and beautiful and every single day like I think about how great they are and they even inspire me in my own life and what is so great about them is they have always like I actually just told them this the other day because I am so thankful that they include me in their lives and they know a hundred percent who I am and they know the crazy side of me they know the emotional side of me and these girls have never ever turned their back on me and they've always been there for me and they are such like strong individuals that they make my life and my anxieties so much better so much easier and I think one of the things that I struggled a lot in life was finding somewhere that I belong you know like with being a black sheep and being bullied all the time and always being alone you know these two were like the first people in my life to ever include me in anything and call me a friend and make me feel like I'm a part of something and I cannot even tell you enough how amazing these these people like they are you know and the amazingness that they put forth out to everybody else and the love that they give and the strength like even just being around both of these people like Cindy and Amra you instantly feel like you're at home you know or when you hear Cindy laugh it's just like if she lights up your whole heart you know it's just I don't know. I cannot say more than enough great things about them because they really are genuinely just big, big, such a big importance in my life, you know? No, they're, I, I can definitely uh, second every all everything that you just said. Um, you know, I think at different, different points in life, I think I've been closer to each one of them and um, – I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to get to know them as people. Oh yeah. They're, They're just amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm forever grateful. I think that me we're definitely gonna be friends until we're like eighty and have ten thousand kids running around. That's you know? hilarious. I think so too though, <laughs> no doubt. Definitely. And yeah, I think that's think that might be an episode, but I do have one last question. Sure. Will you come back on the podcast? You know, I definitely will. 
at first I was kind of like nervous and I had some um like little anxieties about it but I think I'm past that and I feel like I've always wanted to speak my truth and tell people about what it's like to look through my lens I feel like I always hear people tell me that I'm wise and I always want to help souls but I never really had the chance to and you you gave me that chance so I feel I feel great and I definitely will be well you're definitely we definitely felt the wisdom today you know you even you know you inspired me in real time you know with your question you have I think that was probably also the best uh question that someone's asked me on the podcast definitely the most um one that had the the most highly emotional question you know um so and you know you gave me a lot of good next steps for that as well so thank you for that and um yeah you're definitely gonna touch some souls with this episode i think i people say i say this all the time but it's really because it's true like i say like another instant episode like i feel like the episode with cindy that was a classic you know mm-hmm. another classic uh Amr's episode it's fire too that's a classic and i'm not saying that because it's my podcast i'm saying that because we actually have the opportunity to have phenomenal guests and they we get great moments with them right and so thank you for blessing us um with your truth and your wisdom today and we're looking forward to having you back sometime. Thank you so much for having me on here. I had a blast. All right. And your favorite podcast? Trap Life Podcast. Well, that being said, I don't know what episode this will be, but it is a wrap. We wish you peace and prosperity on your journey. Hey everyone, my name is Amra Nasser, and today I'll be sharing my story and my insights on the Trep Life podcast. Feel free to follow my work at Abrahamic Center to keep up with projects and events I'm working on. Everyone asks themselves, who am I? What is my purpose? What value do I add to the world and those around me? The answer to these questions can often change over time, but I hope my insights can help you feel empowered about where you are right now and remember that life is an ongoing process. You have the power to change your mindset even in limited circumstances. You can go against the grain. Your likes and interests can be strange. I hope I can make you see the beauty in all of that. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you experience value and insight from Trap Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Trap Life equations, E to the third, H squared equals Trap Life. Entrepreneurship plus empowerment plus empathy, history plus hip hop.